It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Ethan Patterson of the O'Kellen clan. The O'Kellen are strong and happy. Hello, hello. It was Muscle P for P Real Talk in all of the world's houses, ears, and radios all over the world. Anywho, this program is sponsored by P for P Muscle. Sponsored. Sponsorship Foundation in all of the world. And if you are a drug-free athlete who likes snickerdoodle protein and are looking for a solid foundation to stand on with maybe a chocolate way for the win with snickerdoodle sprinkles and a vehicle to drive your goes like water to ride. <laughs> like a Mack truck through that chocolate ice cream sugar. <laughs> 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 Unexpected, but very well entertained. Check us out at payforpmuscle.com. And now, let's chit chat with the banter. Hello, Desiree. How you doing? I am just fantastical. It is Thursday. It is the week before the 4th of July. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it's the last week in June already. Right. This has just flown by. I don't know about you guys, but my family is looking forward to the 4th of July. We're going to be spending the weekend on a lake. There's going to be some tubing. There's going to be some grilling. There's going to be some fireworks, all of the traditional 4th of July hubbub while we remember what a privilege it is to have our freedom as Americans in the United States of America I don't know what you all are doing, but I hope it's blessed. Yo. If you know what your plans are, that's right, and you want to share with us, feel free to drop us a note and let us know what you're going to be doing if you are celebrating the 4th of July, because we are an international show, so I know not everyone is celebrating the 4th. But if you are, let us know. Kaylin Patterson, what are you doing for the 4th of July? Uh, uh, well, hold on. Jeremy said he's doing burgers, brats, and beer. All right, Jeremy. I hope that's the um, beer with zero carbohydrates because I think that's the thing. Now. Am I, they don't count am I watching those commercials correctly? I don't know how that they works because <laughs> beer comes from a grain, but uh, maybe I'm misrepresenting the commercial. But man. anyway. They were there by a man what? in a factory downtown. What? I said peaches oh, come okay. from a can. They were put there by a man in a factory downtown. And That's if I right. had my little way, I'd eat peaches every day. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. We did not know you were a poet also. It is Mr. not poetry. It is, a song. it is a song. Oh, it's a song. What song is that? It's the President of the United States of America. Peaches. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Fourth of oh July, President. Oh, why uh, do I That song even is bother? like... As old as dirt. Hold on, I've got to look this up now. While I'm looking this up, <laughs> what are you doing for the 4th of July? I, oh, my I, gosh, that's from what, what? 2006. Like, I'm supposed to remember. Yes. Goodness. Yes, you are. Well, I'm going to be uh, up in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, uh, visiting uh, people. <laughs> people. People. <laughs> Maniacal laugh. Woo! All right. Well, you have yeah. a safe trip on over there, but we're going to move this along. Sure I'm will. not sure where that laugh is taking us. I am not <laughs> sure at all. But you know where? You know where we are going to go next? Where you're going to take us next? Going? You're going to take us into the intro of our guest. That's where we're going. 
Oh, well, you know, you're talking about the 4th of July, which is a big deal. So uh, we might as well have a big deal guest. On. <laughs> big yep. deal. Yeah. A big yeah. deal guest. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> big, yeah. big deal. A mighty big deal. If it were marketing, this guy would be top of the line. All right? He'd be the Rolls Royce. He would be all the things you would look for in great salesmanship. Yes. And I would buy it. I would buy it. I'm talking about other, none other than Aaron Collins. Big dog. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Aaron, big deal, Callister. That's right. Big deal. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, brother? All right. Hey, thanks, thanks for having me, you guys. Uh, pleasure, pleasure to be here. Um, just so so thrilled that you guys uh, have me on the show, and hopefully I can. I can keep up with the speed uh, that you guys continue to offer on a regular basis. Um, if, for those of, for those of viewers who aren't familiar with who I am, uh, I'm Aaron Callister, IPE Pro bodybuilder and uh, yeah. promoter of the um, Mr. and Ms. Natural Minnesota, an IPE Pro North American held everywhere every year in, in uh, Minnesota in May, and I'm also the state director for the uh, IPE and NEMBF in Minnesota. Yeah. It is kind of a big deal. And what even makes it an even bigger deal is that Mr. Callister is also an entrepreneur, and he owns three gyms, three locations, I believe, Snap Fitnesses. Yep, in Minnesota, I think. Is that correct? All right, dude. So, I mean, you are... You are all over the place, and, and you were really... As far as my recollection goes, and Kaylin will um, add to this, but you were really one of the first promoters to hold a uh, a contest prep workshop on a large scale. I mean, y- yours, more promoters have come on board with that, and more and more of them are doing that, but yours is really the, the first, other than I think maybe John and Becky Arnold holding theirs. Only the two that I really mm-hmm. remember drawing really large plots came Kaylin, is there anyone else to add to that list? I mean, there's several now, but like within the last yeah. five years, as far back as I'm looking, six years, yeah, it was really Aaron Callister and the Arnold. Yes, and that, and then you can stop right there because everybody else is either yeah. piggybacking or, or you know, copying the format of what was going on. So it was really kind of it, well, not groundbreaking. It was pioneers. It really saying, you know, it, it you guys matter, and we want you guys to enjoy your time, but not only enjoy your time, but know what the heck you're doing when you're up there. Because there are a lot of people that had a lot of enthusiasm, but when they got on stage, they looked like lost sheep, and it was just sad and hurtful to see. And, you know, like, we have a lot of coaches, and I put that in air quotes uh, now, but even more so back then because we didn't have the social media platform. So you basically had a lot of people claiming a lot of things, but when the people that they were coaching, and I'll put that in air quotes, uh, got the stage, they really saw how, you know, this, this, disorganized and disenfranchised is being when they were getting on stage and realized they had no clue as to posing or presentation. And thank God for the, the Arnolds and, and, and Aaron doing their thing because it, it really changed a lot. And a lot of people, you know, were called out in public because, they, you know, the clients and the uh, people that were com- the competitors were finding out just how duped they had been after some of these seminars. So it was a big thing. I, I think uh, even having sponsors attached to the the seminars made it even better because then you had sponsors engaging with natural athletes, and that was a big thing. So there was a lot of good that came from that. But, you know, without that kind of pioneering, you didn't have – the the competition at the level it should have been, and you definitely didn't have the competitors with the, uh, I guess with the foundation to step on stage with the understanding that they could do well, and and look good doing so. So it was really good that they were doing that, but it was also nice that they were engaging to the athletes before they got the stage, so they didn't have to wait for judges' feedback to get them straight. And I, I think that's that's always been a blessing. So thanks, Aaron, and uh, I'm sure you have your own part that you'd like to add to that. So we'll turn the floor over to you. Yeah, you know, thanks, Keelan. You know, interestingly enough, I ran my first 
uh, if you want to call it seminar at that time back in 2002. And I had uh, probably maybe a dozen folding chairs in a little aerobic studio at Northwest Athletic Club in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. And back then, that was back when we really just had bodybuilding and figure you know, bikini and men's physique and classic physique and women's physique and all that weren't around yet. So uh, I ran through uh, some contest prep poses and uh, some very, very minimal diet prep and some paint prep. And and that was in 2002. And the seminar annually continued to grow. And uh, as you guys probably know, these last two years, you know, we had just under over 400 people in attendance, and I actually have to rent out oh, my auditorium where I hold my show because I have, what, 16, 17 sponsor vendors that actually have booths within the auditorium. And I get pros that come in from all over the, the country that want to be a part of this. We had uh, 38 pros that came in from all over, you know, the United States that wanted to be a part of the seminar this year. And, you know, we go over every division. We talk, you know, we go over the posing prep. We've got little side tables around on the vending area where we've got different pros set up to answer one-on-one questions because, as you guys know, uh, prep is very specific to the individual. So it's really hard to get into prep details in a mass audience that uh, is going to be specific to just one individual body type. But um, it's, it's, it's just been rewarding, you know, for me to see, all these years, especially from the natural side of where we have become uh, to in these years compared to back, you know, when I was kind of starting rolling these things around. And um, it's just, it's just been so rewarding for me to to see that kind of attendance at a seminar. It's been spectacular. So I couldn't be happier. And every year it grows a little bit more and I bring in some more for the athletes and um, it's just fun to see it continue. Yeah, I mean, that really is amazing. Oh, Oh, go ahead, Taylor. No, you didn't. No, you did not. I didn't what? what No, you didn't. I didn't what? I didn't know that you were going to jump in. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. Oh, come on now. Come on. You're you're (laughs) here. Let's hear it. What I was going to say, I've I've had a chance to be up at at Aaron Sinars and also at some of the shows, and it's always nice to see the the pro athletes coming back because I think that's one of the biggest things that has been missing in the natural round is that, you know, when, when we have competitors to compete, a lot of times they don't come and just, you know, sit in the audience or basically help out with, with the shows to help with the promotion because giving back means more than just when you want to do it. It means to grow the sport as a whole. Sometimes you just got to be engaging just because you're in the area doesn't it's not enough you should be able to help out without having to be the spotlight of the show and i think that's what these athletes are doing now especially with Aaron and uh, i i also got to give a shout out to KC Classic cuz i know we have a lot of pros that show up there as well so it, it it's really beautiful to see that but you know just the fact that it's Minnesota and, and it's just so big it's just so big in that region i was like how the heck did Illinois get bypassed when we have so many pro athletes that can show up to these events, and it's because basically with great promotion and great seminars, there is an outreach that kind of expands the interaction between athlete, promoter, and competitor. So, you know, if we, we if, as long as we're grabbing this format and using that foundation, it can grow the sport leaps and bounds when you have people so willing to engage in each other without having to be on the competitive spectrum or, or realm. Yes. No, that's yeah. I would totally agree with that. Aaron, do you have to, did you want can I speak tonight? My goodness, stumbling. Did you want to add to what Kaylin was saying? <laughs> no, I, I just is adding, you know, I, I've been so fortunate these past few years to have the um the, the blessings of so many pros that will reach out to me after they've competed in my show or they've been to a seminar and they wanna be a part of the next year's seminar or they wanna be a you know they're not competing in my, in the show that next year, but they want to be a part of it, you know. And I've I've had pros that have flown in and stayed in town on their own expense just so they can be a part of either the show or the seminar, and you know, and that's what that's what builds the sport is is that that deep passion, and you know, being in the sport as long as I have, 
you know, I'm all about, I remember the days as a teenager getting on stage, you know, in my little speedo and out in front of a thousand people on a bright light and how terrified I was. And, you know, I, I go back to that day and I kind of put myself in the role of these people that come to these seminars and they've never been on a stage and, and, you know, they're, they're frightened to death. So uh, it's just so great that we can take that edge off them so that when they are, you know, get to that show stage that they can have all those butterflies removed and they can feel confident that they know what's going to happen and, and, and they've prepared and they can get out and do their thing. Yeah, no doubt. And what I was going to add, you know, earlier is that the last time I was at one of your seminars, it was probably, you probably, you had a great crowd then at about a couple of hundred, but you have since then just doubled and grown it. And, you know, it's just amazing what you've been able to do by just looking at the opportunity. And like you said, putting yourself in the place of the athletes and the attendees that you draw and just, just blowing it out the water. So it's just fantastic. And I'm just really appreciative of the effort that you put into all of that for the athletes. And also I think it shows by the attendance at your shows as well, as far as the number of competitors that uh, show up to the uh, Mr. and Ms. Minnesota. So, I mean, it's just, it's just a good effort all around. But uh, I'm going to I'm gonna take a little step back here because you were talking about being a teenager um, standing on stage in your little posing shorts. And uh, we do want to hear more about how you got started. So that's probably going to be my next question on deck. Um, but before we, we go down memory lane, there was a pretty big event just this past weekend, I believe, where you were on a stage in some little posing shorts. So why don't you tell us about that and how that turned out for you? <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, you know, I, I competed uh, this past Saturday at the uh, IPE Pro Masters Cup, and uh, I, I was fortunate enough to uh, come out with a, with a win. And uh, it, was a, it was a big Big win for me. Um, I had done that show last year and made the top three and taken third, and I walked off that stage last year, uh, and I thought, I am coming back this next year, and I basically started prep Mm -hmm. the next day. And I said, I am going to train this year, and I am going to go back, and I'm going to give everything I've got to see if I can take the title of that show. And, um, you know, it was was a great weekend. I had a great class. had some great competitors. Got to stand with some really great – top pro 40 plus masters guys. And, uh, I was able to walk away with the win in St. Louis and come back to Minnesota with the, with the belt for my team. And just, just a great weekend. Yeah. Um, if you're talking about the, the masters cup, that that's a big deal. And that region yeah. is, is very well loved for the natural athletes. And I remember being down there, uh, Mike and I, Mike Newman and I had gone down there one year and CBS and NBC were covering of that show, and I was just blown away by how big. I mean, when I say that, I, I don't think our listeners truly understand just how well-loved it is in that region, and just for them to be that engaged, and it was like a half moon of people wanting to meet, like, the Terry Starks and wanting to meet the Keith Hunters. Right. And, and, all those athletes, it was just really something to see. And, you know, here I am with a little microphone and camera. <laughs> I felt dwarfed <laughs> being surrounded because, you know, the people were basically wanting to shove me out the way so they could get to the athletes and, and ask them, you know, about the, you know, the uh, best supplements. And these were things I was used to hearing, you know, as to the enhanced. And just to see that and then realize, you know, wow, this this could be an amazing thing if we learn to, to work together and, 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 and build each other up. And that was one of the things that Keith has always been pushing is, uh, you know, to basically be in outreach all the time, you know, be in outreach mode, be in giving mode. And I'm sure Aaron, you, you, you know a lot about that because you've basically practiced a lot of that yourself is, is to never stop being the outreach. Is that something that is, is just formatted in your group or is that just something that you guys all agree to do? You know, I, I you know, I, I think I'm fortunate to work with a, enough people that that we're all on the same page and just reaching out as an outreach as, as a federation, as a sanction, 
or if you want to label it as natural pro bodybuilders or amateur bodybuilders, just that outreach and just all working out, working together. Um, and, and it's great, you know, and, and as, as you guys know, every year the, the natural federations, especially the pro federations, just keep getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, I like to consider all as, as a big family. And um, it's just it's just been wonderful to see it continue to grow. Yeah, no doubt. And you're right about that. It is one big family. And I love to see it grow. I mean, over the past couple of years, there's been rumblings of the ups and the downs and uh, of the <laughs> Natty community. And, you know, but some of that's just growing pains, too. There are some things that needed to be fixed, and they are getting fixed. And, you know, improvements are always rolling out all the time. So, but uh, one thing for sure, the camaraderie and, you know, just the way that people treat each other um, for the most part, 99.5% of the time with respect, it's, it has been a great thing. Kalen? Yeah, what I wanted to ask, uh, what, no, not really ask, but add, is that, you know, a, a lot of times there are a lot of fake individuals, and they can amass themselves well until the, the poop hits the fan. And that's when yep. they really show their true colors. And I think, you know, we, we did have to have a weeding out season. I don't think it was really – because the people that had been claiming to be so staunch and so behind the, the, the natural community have basically crossed over into the enhanced community because they wanted more, but they were going about it through selfish means. Look at me, watch me, do do these things for me and set these things up for me, but when it came time to give back, that's when they were found lacking. And I think a lot of them, you know, when things got tough and, and people started really calling out for better, calling out for more, and, and saying we have to do our parts as well, is when things started falling apart for them because it was mostly, you know, everybody set everything up. I'll come up with my time on stage, and once I get my win – then everything's fine. But when they started getting truer competition and weren't winning, you know, then all of a sudden there's mm-hmm. politics, then all of a sudden there's favoritism, and then the judges are blind as bats, and, you know, God is basically right. ready to curse and, you know, send fire and brimstone on every natural organization because they all suck. So, you know, it, it just seemed like mm-hmm. this was the time that had to happen for them to get basically push themselves out of the way because – yeah. I, I, I like like when I was messaging a fella, I said everything you said to destroy the natural community. Where are you? You know, other than basically, uh, I don't want to say a has been because you know they 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 crossed over, so they still have uh, a, a heartbeat for however long that is. But they've exposed themselves because you know three years later, four years later, where are they at now? You don't hear anything about them because the promoters. And, and and the shows were what kept them alive. And, you know, I yep. think uh, a good example would have been when Magic Johnson told Dennis Rodman, you know, you might speak so poorly of basketball, but you wouldn't have a name without it. And, and I think that's where, you know, that separation really needed to happen so the athletes that really had a passion for the sport could be brought up because they were being held to the side because these people were so outspoken, which was good for the, for the industry, but it wasn't good for the growth of it. And I hope I'm making sense when I say that. Yeah. You know, my Keelan, my, my dad always used to say that the loudest man in the room is the weakest man in the room. I've always used that in my, in my business, you know, mindset. And you're exactly right. And at the end of the day, the, the true, passionate individual is the one who's still going to be standing at the end of the day. And like you said, you know, different individuals come up, come and go as, as you know, as that uh, time passes. And, but it's, it's the true passionate, you know, competitors, promoters um, that just always stay at the top because, because they can, they don't, they don't have to be the loud one in the room that, you know, they're, they're practicing what they preach and they've got a passion for it on every different angle and uh, at the end of the day, they're the ones that are, are, are going to prevail. I just see it over and over. Well, and the, amen to that. So um, I think well said on both fronts. Um, oh, we got a question here from Blake. 
Um, he's asking, how has Aaron made your shows so big in what was considered a tough spot for naturals? You know, when I started promoting, um, you know, I, at that point, at my first show as a promoter was in 2006. Um, I had probably at that point in my career competed maybe 17, 18, 19 shows. And similar to how I run my gyms, you know, when I ran my show, I run it as if I was going to be the competitor. What is it that I have loved as a competitor? Because as many competitors, I've done shows that I had an amazing experience. And I'm not talking about how I placed. I'm talking about how I was treated by the promoter, my my experience from as far as registering online to checking in to my drug test, to my hotel, to getting to the venue, to the promoting of the show, to the expeditors. I'm talking from start to finish. And, you know, I've tried to use my years of years of competing to just put myself in the athlete's shoes. And, you know, when people have asked me that question before, that that's always my comeback. You know, I just finished my 30th show and, you know, these running formats, I started doing the running format about five years ago, one of the first promoters in the country to do that. And that has been, you know, such an amazing thing now in my pro divisions, you know, are getting 60, 70 competitors. And I run the pros first in the morning under a running format. They get on stage, do their thing, and they're out the door. They don't have to stick around nine hours and come back for a routine and at, get on stage again at 10 at night. And before they get their award, then go celebrate. Um, but that, that's the best way I can answer that, Blake, is I just I really try to treat my show as a what, what I've seen as a competitor and things that experiences I've had that were not good, I absolutely do not want to repeat at my show. So I want the athletes to just have an amazing experience. And, uh, you know, my, my turnaround rate at my show has been great. I've got dozens of competitors who have done my show almost every year I've had it. And like a gym, if you've got members that stay in your, a member of your gym year after year after year, you know you're doing something right. So um, Amen that, that's that. kind of the... You know, and that's just you know, try to how you know how I do it, and um, just want to make the athletes happy and have a great experience. All right, and there you have it. This next question is from Jim. He says, "If anyone can do a seminar, it's Aaron. How do you get so many great sponsors to take part in your seminars?" You know, you know, when I first started the seminars, I had I had one sponsor. And each year uh, they've grown, and like I said, this year I think we had 15 to 18 vendors in the area. Um, you know, and I got I got to credit that to a, a lot of the the assistance I get from other pros and other amateurs. And you know, these last few years, I actually have sponsors reaching out to me. They want to be there. You know, they they want to be at the seminar. When's your next show? When's your next seminar? Um, you know, I, I feel like without excluding numbers, my sponsor fees are very minimal. Uh, my vendor booth fees are very minimal in comparison probably to other shows. Uh, but as a, as a business person, uh, it's not about you, know, you, you got you to get those sponsors. You got to get those athletes in the door. I've never charged for my seminar. Um, you know, my, you know, you know, I usually get 70, 80% of people in attendance of the seminar compete in my show or other natural shows. And yes. that's, that's the business side of it. I don't need to charge for it. You know, I, I want to promote, uh, you know, in, in our, our gyms, you know, we spend money marketing to, to draw our membership base. Um, so, you know, I think that the sponsors, they love to be there. They know they've got, you know, we get three or 400 people coming through the door and they know that they want to be there. And if you're a supplement sponsor or any sponsor that's related to the industry, you know, you're going to have a lot of traffic in about two hours running through that doorway. Um, yes. So it's, it's, it's a yeah. great place to be, you know, a great place no to be. And, you know, and it's the same at my show. You know, I, I my sponsor fees are pretty minimal, but, you know, as, as you guys see, a full house and a full vending area just keeps that show growing because people know that, wow, you know, there's a lot of action going on here. So, bam, there you have it. All right, this next question is from from Sheldon. (laughs) He says, to be the best in a show, it takes tough competition. Um, How do you have so many top competitors on the pro and amateur level? 
You know, I, I think, again, I, I've always tried to, especially at the pro level, I, I cater and treat my pros like royalty. And I think if you ask any pro that's done my show, you know, I've had, you know, Marshall Johnson, I've had Terry Starks, I've had Meshack, wow. uh, I've had Liam. I mean, I've had, you know, and I'm just mentioning some of my men, I've had, you know, world champions have been on my stage year after year after year. And, um, you know, I treat my pros, whether it's the hotel, it's the shuttle service, it's lining them up to get there, it's giving them, you know, prime backstage. I get my pros on first. They get the pump room to themselves, uh, whether it's the swag bags or how they're checked in. I mean, they are absolutely number one priority at my show, and I make sure that they are treated like royalty and they are out the door and they can celebrate and I think uh, I think that's what's continued, you know, top pros that continue to come back, and they spread the word. I mean, you guys know how this works, especially with social media. You know, I was, yeah. I was blessed to have uh, Marshall Johnson on my stage about three, four years ago, you know, one of the top pros in the world. And, big, you know, big. he made us big, big time. I mean, you're, you're talking, I wouldn't even know the list of titles that guy has. And he's done shows all over the world, Europe, Greece. I mean, he's done it all, and he – came up to me and said, Aaron, this is one of the best shows that I've ever done in my career. And I thought, wow, you know, that's, that's like, you know, Michael Jordan telling me he loved playing on my basketball court. And I thought, wow, right? I can't get a much better compliment than that. And he called uh, actually the our president at the time and told him that, Hey, I just did one of your guys' shows in Minnesota and Holy cow, one of my best experiences I've ever had. And that, that really motivated me to just keep, you know, catering to these pros and it was just such a great pat in the back for me uh, as a promoter you know and it's that extra step the small things that really do make the difference so hats off to you and you know all of the promoters that are stepping up to go that extra mile and I just want to say you know in the beginning of P4P Real Talk um, with Desiree and Kaylin, we used to talk a lot about the promoter stepping up, but now I think that that tide is shifting to the point where I want to put the challenge out there to athletes to step up. So there are promoters that are accepting the challenge to do more, provide more, to be more for the athletes. And now I think the athletes need to step up and be ready, get their preps going and show up and compete, be there. Yep and that those numbers match, you know, the number of athletes at the shows match the level of energy that the promoters are putting into it. So, you know, when you have energy from both sides mirror each other, that's when you have a really fantastic show. And those are the shows that I always get the most excited about. So put that out there to the athletes. Get ready. Get out of those, get out of those, you know, seven-year improvement seasons and come on. Come back to the stage. Right. We want to see you. All right. Absolutely. This next question is from Jake, and he is asking, how has competing made Aaron a better promoter, and how important is a judging panel for an annually successful show? So Jake has a two-parter there. Okay. Jake, the, the first uh, answer to your, to your question, um, you know, again, competing, going through the footsteps, of each step of a competitor, uh, the struggles and the, the joys uh, that we all go through as competitors has really you know, catered me to hosting an event where I can really try to, again, care to the athlete is what I go through personally. Um, and, you know, it, it's kind of like me telling my wife what it's like to have a baby. I have no idea because I've never had a baby. I could read a book about having a baby, but I can't tell her, you know, hey, this is what it's going to be like. But I can tell a competitor what it's like to compete because I've been on stage enough times myself. Um, so, I, I, again, I think just having so many years of competition experience and traveling around and guest posing all these years, I've, I've just I've got a really – just I've, I've walked the line and I know, you know, what makes a good show for me as a competitor. And when I choose shows, you know, I look, Hey, here's, I had a good experience at this show. This is the one I'm going to go back to, you know, as, as a competitor and as a pro, it has nothing to do with the purse. It has nothing to do with location. It's all about, did I have a good experience at that show? Was it a good promoter at that show? 
uh, was it organized, and those are the shows that you'll see me do over and over and over. Um, if I don't have a great experience, more than likely I won't be back. And being a team, you know, I've got a team of about 150 competitors I train every year, and you can guarantee that, uh, you know, I'm going to gear my team to shows that I've had good experiences at. Um, you know, and on that line, you know, to answer, you know, further to this question, you know, any any good promoter is, it will tell you that coaches and trainers is who feed shows. So, you know, I really cater to the coaches and the trainers. When I get entries that come in and I see a trainer's name pop up on two or three entries, the first thing I do is I reach out to that trainer and I give them a ticket. And you'll talk to many, many coaches. You get your big dogs like Cliff Wilson and Peter that come up. You, you, I cater to those guys. I set them up. Uh, I had a guy last year uh, that came up from Nebraska who brought 29 competitors to my show. Oh, were pro man. The rest were amateurs. He had right. such a good experience with his team the year before. And when I saw all these entries coming through with his name, I set him up. I covered his airfare. I put him up in the hotel. I covered his tickets, and I covered his meals. He put 29 people on my show. Um, I had a woman that brought some competitors from Seattle this year. Same thing. I set her up. And you think she's gonna? You think these guys are gonna bring people to my show next year? Of course they are. Of course they are. And as a coach, you know, when I have promoters that reach out to me, I bring a lot of people. When I travel to shows, I bring a whole team. And when I when that promoter uh, recognizes that I'm bringing a team and he, you know, caters to me, you think I'm gonna be back that next year with my team? Absolutely. Um, Desiree, you have to, to repeat what was the second part of, of his question. And the second part, well, first of all, I'm going to say bam to all of what you just said. And then the second <laughs> part to his question is how important is a judging panel for an annually successful show? You know, the most important part of a judging panel is, as you guys all know, this is a subjective sport. And you're always going to have shows where you're going to have people that thought the judging was amazing and you're going to have people that think, Oh, I got screwed or, you know, it went this way or that way, or in this class, they went by size and in this class, they went by conditioning. And uh, what, what I try to do, you know, I handpick my judges every year. I try to get, I make sure that my judges are up to speed with the workshops and the knowledge of all the changes, all the current requirements so that we can be as consistent as possible you know, is there going to be shows where, you know, the audience or some family member is not going to be happy with how someone placed? Of course. It will always happen. I don't care what show you go to. But I think what we try to strive for the most is do the best we can to be as consistent as we can. Um, you know, and now, you know, with, with so many federations out there, and there's always seems to be a little bit different criteria from federation to federation, you know, all we can do is within our federation try to be as consistent as possible um, and, uh, you know, do the best we can. But that's all we can do. And there's, I mean, and that's exactly it. KP, did you want to jump in on that one? Yeah, I, I definitely, because, you know, you, as a promoter, you can cover all the bases, and there's still going to be that fly ball that hits somebody in the head in the audience. And then you're like, oh, crap you know i wish that hadn't happened and then there's times that somebody's crying foul when there was no never a foul ball so you know if you you can do what you can but at some point somebody's going to complain because they feel right. you know and i it it's I, I i look at it a lot of times i can remember when uh this fellow we were in indiana st john's in Indiana. and there was a show and this guy really thought he brought his best package and i said honestly he did but somebody brought a better package, and that's hard right. to accept when you're looking at your very best, your very personal best. Right. And you look phenomenal. And then there's somebody sitting right. next to you. And, and, and just, uh, okay, we'll use Marshall Johnson because that guy's got a physique like nobody's business. And yep. I won't use the, the second-place competitor, but, you know, when he was doing the individual pictures, that guy looked amazing. But then when he stood next to uh, Marshall Johnson, it, it was not a close comparison. And he was right. really hurt that he didn't win. But when he finally got to see the pictures, he's like, you know, dang, you know, that's, that's right. pretty rough. So, so well, just bring said, it back to You uh, said it right on. Go ahead. You're right on, man. You know, this is a sport 
that how you place that day depends on who shows up that day. And I yeah. tell competitors that I have I tell that to myself when I have a when I have a new competitor walk into my office who says, Hey, I'm thinking about competing. The first thing I say to them that this is a subjective sport. The competition that you're gonna run into is you. That's it. If you can compete in this show or this show they're training for and you can gauge your success by your point A to point B, this is the sh- this is the sport for you. If you're going to, you know, gauge your personal success by how you place next to someone else, I'll be straight up. This is the sport for you because we are yeah. all going to have days. I've done shows, you know, where I've come in in my best condition and haven't done as well. I've had shows where I maybe was in my best condition and I've won. So yes. at the end of the day, it's who shows up. And you said it exactly right. You can have someone who's, prep for two years and they are the most amazing package that they have ever been and they could stand next to you know a Marshall or a Meshack or a Liam or whoever you want to be and not place as well and they could go home discouraged which would be unfortunate because again it's that you know and that's one thing with with the sport that's probably been my hardest thing to deal with being a coach as well and a trainer is you know you might get a competitor who's lost 100 pounds and they are in the best life shape of their life but they're not going to stand next to a marshal or even a, a, a top amateur and look competitive but that doesn't mean that that person didn't make an amazing achievement and they could walk out of that auditorium with their head hung low which is unfortunate because they dropped 100 the guy next to him lost 10 pounds you know and and that's what I would try to encourage to my athletes, and even at these seminars, you know, I, I lecture to that one at the beginning. I said, it's your point A to point B, period. You know, I was a skinny 6'4 teenager that now is winning pro bodybuilding shows. You know, who – someone would have walked up to me when I was 16 and said, Aaron, you're 6'5, 150. Someday you're going to be winning pro natural bodybuilding shows. You know, I would have laughed and people would have laughed at me. Well, here we are. You know, and, you know, I just, every show I did as my my career, it was about where I came from, not who I was standing against. And, you know, I I just think you hit the nail right in the head there. All right, very good. I'm going to move us along a little bit, guys, because we have um, questions piling up, and our time, as always, is winding down. So I'm going to keep moving it on. Um, Let's see, this next one is here from Sam. And she says, or is asking, have sponsors seen the significance in natural athletes and the money they spend on supplements? Will that ever turn into having natural sponsored athletes promoted more basically by these supplement companies? Um, and we all know P4P Muscle is doing, is, 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 making, is making great strides in that area, but overall, Aaron, are you do you think we're going to see more sponsorships for natural athletes from these bigger brand supplement companies? I do. I absolutely do. You know, I think, you know, the sponsors are doing their part to reach out to these competitors and I think social media is is a, such a big piece of that, you know, and I I happen to know uh, several of the sponsors or athletes that P4P sponsors uh, and other, you know, successful, you know, silver brands in the country, clothing lines, you know, the suit designers. And, um, you know, as the sport continues to grow for natural athletes, um, I think that that is absolutely going to keep growing. It has been growing. You know, the natural side of the sport is it just doesn't have the notoriety and the, you know, the screen time that you might see you know, larger federations like the IFBB and the MPC because they've just been around, you know, so much longer and get that, have had that coverage for so long. But as our federations keep growing and growing and growing and our pro divisions and our payouts keep getting bigger and bigger, um, I, I see the sponsorship of natural athletes continuing to grow, especially the, the big name brands. So I, I think we're heading all in the right direction. All right, cool. Well, okay, I, thoughts? Well, I'm I'm not gonna list this uh, this this one's name because it's it's something that's still on the fringe, and I, I think it's something that's gonna have to be spoken about sooner or later. But he, he's asking about you know with with the deaths of the top name uh, enhanced individuals and the the 
the the reasons for their death, is that going to drive the uh, supplement companies more to the natural athletes just because they get more, and I hate to say it this way, get more years out of them because, you know, their lifespans have been been longer. And I I think that's something that they're going to have to, as as an industry, is going to have to sit down and start addressing. And with the... the understanding that, you know, there's a lot of drugs that aren't really the supplement that's driving these, uh, their, their bodies also, because that, that was something I asked, I think it was 10 years ago to, uh, some of the sponsored, uh, sponsored supplement companies. And they was just, it was just baffling to me, you know, like if, if we're the ones spending the money and, you know, you have them taking drugs, why, why are they on the front of a supplement bottle or, or company and then you have the drug being uh what's driving them and, and the answer was simply because of the aesthetic you know they they look appealing they they look uh really good and and they were basically year-long looking individuals and when i saw the athletes on the natural side back 10 years ago it was a big difference because you did have an off-season off-season look and then you had a competitive look, and a lot of times they were unrecognizable. But now that format has changed because you have people like, uh, you know, Rico, you have people like uh, Meshack, where their year-long look is still similar to what they look like on stage, if not even better, they're getting better. So I think that was one of the dynamics. And also I wanted to point out that if the further west you go, the the more the natural athletes were being sponsored, I think that's the way that's coming east, and even for the Midwest, you know, the more mid, uh, midwestern states like Idaho, Colorado, they do have more uh, natural athletes sponsored simply because they were easier to reach, easier to promote because more people knew them, and you didn't have the the, the I guess the the divisive nature and tone of the enhanced mm-hmm. and uh, the natural athlete. So it's, it's really mm-hmm. impressive to see it making it this way. I would love to see it blow up in Chicago because that would be a really big uh, marketing uh, advantage because it could be yep. promoted a little bit better. But I think, you know, with what's happening in Eric's, Aaron's uh, part of neck of the woods and what's also happening in Missouri, I think we would be more than surprised to see the, the number of natural athletes that are being sponsored locally. Yep, Absolutely. And, you know, and I would just tag on, too, I mean, with the way things that seem to be trending more, even in just mainstream marketing with, you know, everything gravitating towards natural and wholesome and GMO-free and this, free that, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and getting Mm -hmm. back to the earth and treating your body so well, why would that not take hold in the natural bodybuilding community? I would think that if you are a company and you're wanting to put your marketing dollars somewhere, you're going to follow the same vein that's trending right now and go for natural, go for healthy, go for everything right now that's, you know, popular and posh, and go with those athletes. I mean, come on. These companies need to jump on board and pay attention to what's selling everywhere else because if everywhere else it's working for them, it's going to work for them too. So you would think it would be a no-brainer, but evidently not so much. Not so much. Yeah, <laughs> Not so much. All right. Oh, what do you think, Kaylin? You can speak to that? I said I can speak to that, yeah, because you, you, you're talking about a format that has worked decades long, and you're asking yeah. to make a whole new paradigm shift and, and, and have it go on a basically a new journey, and hopefully the natural athlete doesn't take a four- or five-year sabbatical and can be compete competitive year after year. So, you know, you're, you're saying something that's got a lot of risk and you're asking to go against a format that has been tried and true. And it, it's, it's tough. And, you know, you do have to have supplement companies like P4P that's saying they'll only deal with that. And so basically they'll have a plethora of athletes they can put forward instead of just one big name. And I think until the industry as a whole takes that format, then you're always going to be stuck where, you know, the, the, the natural athlete is second tier because how do you promote 10 people that have great physique 
as compared to one big name you can market year after year after year. So, you know, until yeah. they come to that understanding that, you know, it's a person's good health is more important than a marketing scheme that lasts for two to three years, then you, you will have some fight back against that kind of natural athlete because they're not really, and I, I don't want to say it in a way, but if you're talking about marketing and business, not as important as to what has been sold previous and prior. And that's just the truth. Well, it might, it, you know, it is the truth, but I I think to a, a certain extent, and, you know, if these companies would invest more in natural athletes, they're going to find a bigger pool and a pool yeah. with the look that they're wanting for longer if that investment is there. So it's kind of like the chicken or the egg. And, yes, you are 100% yeah, correct that, that direction, it will take a long sort of risk. Well, but I can't, I don't, they're not looking that direct. They have to know about it, though. I get, well, maybe they don't. Yeah. But I think that they do. But they're just, like you said, they're not in, they're not willing to take that risk just yet. But one of them will, and it's only going to take one. And the rest will follow suit. It's just a matter of who's going to be that one. Now, P for P, where as P for P grows and gets bigger, you know, if one day they're on that scale, they could drive that. They're not quite there yet, but just one major mainstream. That's all it's going to take. It's just a matter of when. All right, there it is, and there it is. All right, so we've got about ten minutes left. We're going to roll right along here, Linda. Aaron wants to know what drives your passion to compete and what drives your passion to promote? Well, my passion to compete, I, like I mentioned earlier, I started out as a skinny, tall basketball player, a teenager in high school, and I approached my high school weight coach, Scott Safe, uh, nationally ranked powerlifter at the time back in 1990, and told him I wanted to get into lifting and uh, went through a lot of hardships as being a tall, skinny kid. And, and uh, got me into lifting and did my first bodybuilding show as a teenager. Uh, Robin, 6'4", 6'5", 161 pounds. <laughs> Definitely was the leanest one up there at that, <laughs> at that point. And uh, my, uh, you know, I, did, I just got bit uh, by the bug then and uh, continued competing with the school for exercise, phys, and biomechanics with a minor nutrition and business. And uh, I just I just kept going from there. And, and the passion now uh, with, with athletes is just helping them, you know, get to go through the, the joyous steps that I've had as a competitor working all the way up to the top level and, uh, you know, piggybacking that with promoting, uh, you know, I, I couldn't ask for a better marketing tool, you know, being a promoter and a coach and a business owner in Minnesota. I mean, I've got three marketing streams that I have complete control of and, uh, I'm passionate about it. You know, I'll, I'll always do this. You know, my wife asked me once, if you won the lottery, would you still do this? And I said, absolutely. I'll always promote, always train clients, uh, always compete. I, I just have a passion. I enjoy it. And I hope that I can give, you know, to other people what the sport has given to me. Um, so that's that's what the hurry-up version. All right. Well, amen to that. And thanks for the brevity here real quick. Kyle says, Aaron is a really big deal, all caps, in our neck of the woods. So <laughs> thanks for the kudos <laughs> there, Kyle. This next question is from Bill. When will the show happen where all the top female and male athletes share the same stage at the same time? Oh, Bill, that's a, to- a wholly different format. Aaron, thoughts on that? So, so if I'm here saying the question – the at one particular show having all the class winners out on stage at the same time is that how you guys are hearing that i don't know if it's all the class winners on the stage at the same time or if he's like actually asking if you're going to have like bodybuilding and men to the left and women to the right and they're all doing mandatory at the same time i don't i'm not quite sure kaylin maybe you've got some clarification for us but it, I mean, that would definitely be a pioneering move. I think it would be very tricky from a judging standpoint. But anyway, yeah. thoughts on that, Aaron? Well, you know, if it, if it's question interpreted that you're saying that would, I mean, I have a pretty big stage, but with a show my size, I have big classes as they are to to bring out multiple classes of men and women at the same time. 
would be uh, it'd be tough. And, and you're right because the criteria for judging is just so different per class and per male or female. So I think it'd be tough um, if the if the question is you know getting you know the best athletes in each class out on the stage at one time. Uh, I used to do something like that earlier today, but as the show kept getting bigger and bigger. Uh, I didn't want to make an individual who went on stage at 9 a.m., had an award at 9.30, stick around until 5 p.m. to be on stage with the winner at 5 p.m. Uh, it's just, again, I, I like to see athletes get in and get out and eat and celebrate and spend time with their family, their loved ones, their coaches. So I, I kind of keep that revolving door to keep people moving. All right, and fair enough. So uh, with a couple minutes left, we are at that point where I'd like to turn the floor over to you, Aaron, for shout-outs to uh, recognize anyone and everyone who has been supportive of your endeavors. You know, I, I just like to give a shout-out to my team, you know, AC Fitness of Minnesota, um, you know, the NEMBF. Uh, and the IPE have, have been great to me, you know, for years and years and years. Ryan Irwin out of Iowa is our president uh, in the IP, uh, in the NEMBF, and John and Becky Arnold uh, you know, out of Missouri who run the world. They run five bodybuilding shows, you know, in Missouri, uh, do an amazing job. And, um, you know, just, you know, I, my, my big shout-out goes to the natural athletes, the sponsors of natural athletes, you know, guys, you know, like yourselves that are promoting natural sport in general and, you know, to all the natural federations, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, is there camaraderie between the natural federations? And my hope is that there isn't and that there should never be. We're all one big family. We're all supporting the same thing. You know, I have, you know, I don't care who's competing in what natural federation. We're all on the same team. So that, that's my shout is just to the athletes, the sponsors, the promoters. Uh, we're all one big family. We're all working for that, you know, the end goal of just, you know, providing a great place and a format for natural competitors. Bam. All right. Amen to that. Bam. <laughs> and so last, <laughs> last question here. If folks want to learn more about you, about your competitions, where can they go to get that information? Uh, they can go to the show website which is natural MN, like the uh, initials from Minnesota, natural MN bodybuilding.com. They can reach out to me via email. My initials, AC flexit at AOL.com. They can uh, reach out to me on social media, uh, Facebook me, message me. Uh, and I, I am pretty good about getting right back to you and be happy to help in any way I can. All right. Thank you very much. I wanted to say amen to that because you are very responsive. So that is appreciated. Kaylin, last thought on tonight. I think it should be more improved with Snickerdoodle. <laughs> oh, that is, that is good stuff, man. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> you get tonight. You get tonight. Although I will have to put out there have been several chocolate fans before tonight, so oh, let's now. just keep that in uh, perspective. Let's just you keep get it in perspective. So, Aaron, thank you for being our big deal on P4P Real Talk with Desiree Gillen tonight and for taking time out of your Thanks busy for... schedule to be here with us. Thanks for having me, you two. <laughs> Look forward to seeing you soon. Yes, oh, sir. yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And so, on behalf of Aaron Callister and uh, Mr. and Miss Minnesota Natural Bodybuilding, Snickerdoodle, Chocolate Way for the win, big deals everywhere, the boys at P4P Muscle, Kaylin and myself, your body's a temple, so let's build it.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.